Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Plunder stolen. On August the 16th, the British Museum announced that it has launched an independent review of security after items from its collection were found to be missing, stolen or damaged. It's estimated that some 2,000 artifacts had been stolen by an insider, but uh, George Osborne, the chairman of the trustees of the museum, said that was only a provisional number. The missing treasures include gold jewelry, gemstones and glass dating as much as 3,500 years old. It remains a mystery when the theft started. The museum admitted, however, it had received a warning in 2021 but hadn't responded as comprehensively as it should have. There are estimates that it could have been going, the theft could have been going on for decades. Now, Osborne also told media later that the museum doesn't have record of all the items in its collection. The story sparked fresh public outcries in China, Nigeria and Greece for the museum to restitute looted items such as the Dunhuang murals, the Parthenon sculptures and Benin bronzes. The cry for the British Museum to return Chinese artifacts even became the top trending topic on social media. The museum has always rejected such demands, citing it could offer a higher standard of protection than the countries of origin, given the latest revelation that argument collapsed. So how long will it take for items taken by force or deceit from other countries by the West to finally come home? Welcome to a special edition of The Point with me, Li Xin, coming to you from Beijing. I'm pleased to be joined from Cambridge, the UK, by Professor Christos Tsirojanis, head of the working group on illicit antiquities trafficking of the UNESCO chair on the threats to cultural heritage and cultural heritage related activities at the Ionian University in Greece. From Beijing by Professor Ning Chiang of Art History and Art Communication at Beijing Foreign Studies University and from Bangkok, Thailand by David Moser, Professor at Capital Normal University. Gentlemen, welcome to The Point. So let's talk about the details of the theft first. Um, Professor Tsirojan is from your understanding exactly what happened, so for how long the theft has been going on. Apparently it was done by an insider, a curator of part of the museum, and he has been taking things out of the storeroom and selling them on eBay. Exactly what do we know? Well, while the uh, investigation, of course, of the police, of Metropolitan Police in London is ongoing in cooperation with the museum itself. Um, the um, reports that are reaching the press uh, are talking about uh, a, a certain person, uh, but uh, I believe that uh, it must be involving uh, more than one people because um, to, for such a widespread theft involving at least 2,000 objects so far, while the uh, cross-checking of the objects with the inventory is ongoing. And uh, also for, uh, according to the reports, for uh, about two decades or more, this is difficult to involve just one person being an, uh, an inside job. Uh, this part of the police investigation, of course, it should be respected as it is ongoing. But on the other hand, is uh, another poor uh, justification or trying attempt to justify on behalf of the museum by using it, that the, this ongoing investigation argument, uh, as an excuse for not releasing images of the objects that have been identified so far, 
showing that probably by doing so, they, it will be revealed that the non-recorded objects or the poorly recorded objects are more than we have suspected initially. And therefore, it may reveal a, a bigger scandal. Professor Moser, let me go to you here for the clarity of the situation. Um, how wide exactly could this be? How long could this have been going on? If it is not just one insider, is it a systemic thing? Because from the past statements and the present statements, you know that the museum clearly were aware they have been receiving warnings for years about items being sold on eBay. And clearly they stonewalled such warnings. Why? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it, it is disturbing and a, a little bit unnerving to see that even at such a prestigious institute as the British Museum, that uh, money still talks. The, the influence of money is, is still uh, an enormous corrupting influence. I uh, obviously don't know anything about, I'm not privy to the, the workings of the British Museum, but, but being such an august institution that, is, that has been ongoing and ha having such a reputation, and also the fact that they are dealing with so many artifacts whose source and origin is uncertain, that there's bound to be a lot, lot of cases of, in Chinese, the idiom is to, to close one eye and open the other eye, to sort of, the, the, they knew that something was going on, but their, the reputation of the museum was so at are stake. You saying, are you saying that they knew they have a lot of dirt under the carpet, so they don't want the public to look into it too closely? Uh, well, that's for sure. I mean, we know that there are a lot of artifacts in there that have uh, questionable origins or even probably outright illegal. But the illegality stretches so far back in the past and it's so difficult to trace that they know it's true, but it's hard to make a legal case for it. But I still think the money is the problem. There's so much money to be made with these shady deals. Before we go on, um, David, once again, when you say money still talks, what do you mean? Who is trying to make money from the messiness of the security of the management? There is enormous uh, underground uh, activity in, in artifacts. Uh, and as I'm, I'm not an expert on this at all, but I know from talking to professors, uh, notably one friend of mine in Chicago, University of Chicago, that the, these underground uh, sorts of uh, markets are un unbelievably vibrant because, partly because the, the artifacts themselves are so difficult to identify and trace and so therefore the trick is to sort of uh, pass the article off as something you know less uh, outstanding or, or something but to, to try to find those who really know uh, the value the true value of the artifacts and put it in their hands so it's a very huge cesspool uh, of trafficking that goes under uh, not just with chinese artifacts and not just the british mm -hmm. museum mm -hmm. but artifacts art all over the world there's an underground economy there that's, yeah. that's still ugly Professor Ning, from your understanding, it's, it's reported that there are these storerooms where there are alarms but no monitor and uh, people can go in or multiple people can go in but there is no oversight of cataloging. This is one part. And then, uh, as I said, either the, the management of the museum or the trustees of the museum just neglected past warnings about items you know, leaking out of the museum. Why? It is a strange situation there. Uh, it's not only in the British Museum, but in other museums, you see. Uh, I think one reason is the budget cut and uh, the money shortage that uh, caused a problem of 
conservation, the curators complained. Even curators like uh, at Harvard Museum and uh, uh, at uh, the Guimier Museum in Paris, they all complained that there's no money to actually enhance the security level. Uh, when I visited them, they said, there's no money and we can't do anything. So this is a problem. There was a theory that uh, even the artifacts were kept in China uh, or in its original situation, it's not even safer than they are currently. But the problem is situation changed in China and, uh, and in Greece, I, I believe, in other countries where the uh, artifacts actually came from, the conservation attitude is much better because we treasure every pit, every small part of the cultural relics as our national treasures. So we put more money in it and we put more human resource in it. So uh, probably a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, the situation is somehow legitimatized the uh, removal of the artifacts from its original place to its current location. Mm. But now the situation changed okay. dramatically mm. and uh, it is much better to get the artifacts back to its own home country. Uh, because people okay. love it. Yeah, well, some people, especially in the UK, have uh, called this opportunist, you know, these kind of calls opportunist, that they are politicking using this scandal. Um, but we do have um, cultural ministers from Greece and Nigeria, for instance, using this opportunity to refresh their calls for the restitution of, stole, of uh, looted items. For instance, Greek Minister of Culture, Lina Mendoni, told the media that the security questions raised by the missing objects reinforces, quote-unquote, the permanent and just demand of our country for the definitive return of the marbles, meaning the Parthenon marbles, and the Nigerian National Commission for Museums and Monuments Director, Abba Issa Tijani, said it's shocking to hear that the countries and museums that have been telling us that the Benin bronzes would not be secure in Nigeria have thefts happening there. Professor Tsirojanis, your comments on their call. Do they have a legitimate call? Can they use this opportunity to refresh these calls which have been repeatedly ignored? Uh, thank you for the question. It's very important. Uh, first of all, to say that uh, all these uh, claims by these countries are absolutely legitimate because we are talking about cultural heritage that has been removed from these nations without being asked first in different circumstances for each nation. Apart from this very basic basis of these claims, uh, we had over the centuries, the last two centuries, when we were talking about, for example, the Parthenon sculptures, or the last decades, the uh, production, I would say in inverted commas, by the British Museum or the British government at the same time, um, uh, of fake arguments like that, for example, now for a long time is part of our heritage or you are not able to safeguard your own heritage and we have the means to safeguard it much better than uh, you could do 
or that we can conserve this much better than uh, yourself, or we are saving them by taking them from you. Now, all these arguments have collapsed over time. A, by poor conservation that damaged, for example, the surface of the Parthenon sculptures, mm. by uh, uh, rainwater falling from the roof of the uh, room where they are exhibited, the Parthenon sculptures, for mm. example, um, and of course by this uh, unimaginable widespread theft, both in numbers of objects missing and in decades of ongoing removals from inside the museum, which uh, made uh, obvious that collapse from inside that latest and last unjustified anyway argument by the British Museum. Therefore, it is totally justified to add in the historically and archaeological claims of these countries also this argument because, I, to my opinion, the countries, these countries, do not have to do a lot in terms of that. They just need to remind constantly this because it's self-evident from inside, from the British themselves uh, accepted, that uh, uh, this is a total scandal and it is a collapsing of their own argument that it was fake anyway for decades. Um, David, what is your take on the the argument, or even in the statement by the British Museum, they say these stolen items were kept in storerooms for academic and research purposes, quote-unquote, but obviously they also admitted they don't have good cataloging. They don't keep a record of all of the things. So for 200 years, they had the time, but they're not doing it, and they're not returning these items to the countries who want them. And these countries are the countries of origin of these items taken by force or deceit. How ironical does that sound to you? <laughs> yeah, it is ironic. Uh, certainly, you, you have to wonder is, uh, if you say well, they've been kept in rooms for research, uh, accessible to scholars for research purposes. That doesn't uh, deal with the question of why should it be scholars in the UK only. Uh, these, it's a matter of uh, the cultural heritage of these, of these artifacts. For me, one of the most astonishing uh, aspects is is that the the Egyptian the the, Ros the Rosetta Stone is in the, the British Museum. This is an amazing um, you know a cultural treasure. It has the, the the three you know scripts that were used to to cut the uh, the hieroglyphics, the demotic Egyptian and the ancient Greek, the two, three different scripts. Right. This belongs to the world. It belongs to Egypt as a as a cultural heritage. Scholars can travel to e Egypt and look at it and study it uh, however they want. It doesn't matter where it is. Saying that they've been using these th uh, artifacts or storing them you know, f safely for research or to protect them, obviously that's collapsed. But also the fairness aspect. Why should uh, uh, the UK have access, scholarly access to the real thing and not the country of origin? That's the thing that, that concerns you need me. a visa. You need a visa to go the. <laughs> you need the money to go to the UK to study yeah. your own cultural heritages, and and the funny thing is the UK in t enacted the British Museum Act in 1963. It, the Article Three or Section One of Article Three states that subjects. Subject to the provisions of this act, it shall be the duty of the trustees of the British Museum to keep the objects 
compromised in the collections of the museum within the authorized repositories of the museum, except insofar as they may consider expedient to remove them temporarily for any purpose connected with the administration of the museum and the care of its collections. Basically saying, except for temporary purposes, we're not releasing these items. Professor Ning, what is your read? Can we use such a domestic law to hold on to plunder from other countries? Uh, I don't think it's a good reason to do that, to, to keep in its current uh, museums. Like, uh, academically, the artifacts, if they are returned to its original place and restored in its uh, original situation, it's much better for researchers hmm. to recontextualize. Like the Dunhuang uh, murals. Like the Dunhuang like murals, right? Like the Dunhuang murals. It, it can't just study it piece by piece. So uh, it would be much better for international scholars and domestic scholars inside China to do research together in the original space uh, when the artifacts are returned and restored Mm. Like uh, like a piece of mirror or a sculpture, it belonged to the original space because it could restore the original situation. That's what we are trying to do uh, okay. for research. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's very... I think uh, yeah uh, the argument is not uh, the legal issue, but also. Uh, an important academic issue I see. there. Well, um, Professor Tsirijanis, there is the question, because we have a lot of such artifacts, right? Not just from China, from many different countries of origin and in many different Western museums. So in practical terms, how can such hurdles, and there are legal hurdles, it takes years to, to restitute a, a stolen object. So from a practical point of view, where do we start? How can countries work together? If the British Museum or the British government refuses to release these items, can they be held accountable in any way? Uh, I think we, we need the first to clarify what is uh, really happening here. The countries have to deal in reality with a legal invention by the British state itself and the British Museum itself in order to protect what has been looted in previous hundreds of years during colonialism by that state. Uh, being back then an empire and now has lost all this kind of uh, imperial magnitude and so on. They are still, however, trying to hold on on what has been looted during these times. Mm -hmm. This is the truth. Now, the countries should not be tricked by this internal uh, inception and invention of a law or regulation within the museum. This is their problem to deal with. And because we are not living in colonial times in the 1700s, we are in 2023. And the countries have proved that all these arguments by the British Museum and the British governments in the past uh, were uh, fake through and through, with the latest incident, the, the biggest proof now. Uh, I think it's their problem, internal problem, to change these uh, laws that they don't permit themselves to act. This has nothing to do with the countries themselves that rightfully are claiming their own cultural heritage. If the British 
museum and the British government in succession want to continue to shoot themselves on the foot, creating negative publicity worldwide when the justified claims by various countries are being reminded in every opportunity they have, like this one in the best way possible that the British Museum created by itself, that is the British Museum and the British government's problem that has to be fixed in order not to continue to shoot themselves on the foot. It's that simple. The countries should continue to do their own claim in the most justified way, historically, archaeologically, ethically, legally possibly, but it doesn't matter when it's compared to ethical standards, historical standards, archaeological standards. And therefore, this is what it should continue to happen. Mm. The British Museum should deal with their own mess. Mm. Either we are talking about these cases of thefts or a wider internal guidelines that themselves created and proves a problem for themselves only, yeah. mm. not for the countries that are claimed. David, there are reports, for instance, uh, some successful cases have happened over the past between the United States, Switzerland, Germany. They have returned some of uh, these kind of uh, artifacts back to China. How were such negotiations conducted? Why is the British so difficult to deal with? Uh, the British, as, as the previous guest just talked about, you know, has this, this imperial legacy of, of, of being an empire. And I think that's part of the problem is that it's a matter of national face. One case we saw uh, that I remember clearly during the 2008 Olympics was when the uh, two bronze uh, heads that were, the, uh, that were originally on the fountain at the Yuan Mingyuan Summer Palace and were looted uh, after the Second Opium War uh, were put under the auction block at Christie's. And of course, uh, Chinese were outraged. And uh, eventually, I think a Chinese businessman bought those two for right. $40 million, but then uh, didn't pay it because he said it was an insult. <laughs> but then later on, actually, the, the two bronze uh, heads were returned to China, not because of any sort of uh, bilateral sort of negotiations or anything, but simply because the person who owned it or was in the hands uh, was a businessman and didn't want to, uh, you know, be on China's bad side. And so as a, as a, as a token of goodwill, returned the statue, returned the, mm -hmm. the bronze heads. But we can't depend on people to always do the right thing <laughs> in this uh, situation. The problem now, I think, is that there's so many artifacts for which if someone has a doubt that they belonged in another country, there's paper that they hold that show the legal and uh, process of ownership transfer. And these are taken as legal documents here. They say, look, these belong to this person rightfully according to law and so therefore you know we can't just uh, give it back so i think the, that's one of the problems there that that system if it's if if the sort that's the point of input was illegal or it was an example of looting or something it, it surely cannot imagine that the subsequent legal string of, of ownership is it just somehow magically made legal just because it was originally looted so, and we don't so have here's the, Yeah, so this is a, a big problem because a, a lot of these artifacts were taken, what, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. You know, how do you trace that origin and uh, how do you punish the offsprings of someone who was a looter? How to deal with that? Well, have, there's one thing. Uh, they uh, digitized the London Times and some other uh, London periodicals right. from the 1800s. 
And you, they were able to search online to find the various auctions where these uh, artifacts were passed on. Mm. And those are a good proof of the fact that the origin was, was an illegal entry yeah. into the country, right? So that's one thing. I mean, that's, that's one, one thing, thing, yeah. As I said, this doesn't just happen in the UK. It also happens in, in, in France, in other countries. Professor Ning, so how eager are the Chinese state and the people to have their past back now that we can, now that we know how to take care of them. This topic was number one on the Chinese social media trending topic. What does that say? Uh, that's right. It's not only the issue for scholars, but also for the public. I think uh, nowadays when people are more uh, educated and they uh, understand the cultural value of the artifacts, so I think the Chinese public now are so eager to uh, get the cultural relics back home. Uh, I think it's not just uh, a, for the purpose of national pride, but uh, also for the moral concerns of people, like the humiliated history of the past uh, and uh, to refresh and reconstruct a Chinese identity. So uh, I think almost every Chinese person are now eager to uh, somehow get the uh, looted uh, or stolen artifacts back to China. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think our argument is the artifacts belong to its original space and they should be okay. returned okay. and restored. Okay. It's not yeah. just a, a, a property, but also a, a national identity symbol. Okay, um, Mr. Tsaro, Tsaro Janis, one last question and 30 seconds, please. Now what should be done? Now that we know there is a lack of money for management, for maintenance, for security, there is a lack of awareness, but these artifacts are still there. It will take a long time for them to be returned. What must be done by the British government and the British Museum? First of all, not allow themselves to believe that this is justified arguments. It is their misappropriation on recording the objects in the first place, and especially in a digital era, the lack of funding is not an argument that justifies such a theft. Um, therefore, uh, uh, they should correct this. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the governments themselves who are claiming their treasures, they need to cooperate together. And uh, to that, I can give you the latest news that uh, at Ionian University in Greece, uh, we are establishing now a, co a cooperation with the World Sinology Sinology okay. Center um, right. in order to work on also illicit okay. antiquities research as well. Thank you very much for briefing, at this, briefing us on that. Many thanks to my guests, Professor Christos Sotsiro, Janis Ningchang, and David Moser. We have to leave it there. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Wishing in Beijing. You've got the point.